Welcome to the 10 Loans a Month podcast, where mortgage brokers become business owners. And now, your host, Ryan Wiley. Hey, Ryan Wiley here. So, this is the last part, part four of four, things I wish I knew early in my mortgage career. I'm going to come out with more of these in the future. This is a list I've had for a while. I get this question all the time. If I would start over, what would I do? I'm going to handle that on a different podcast. But I want to just finish off this part four or four. Hopefully you got a lot of value add, a lot of aha, a lot of like you could resonate with a lot of things I said in parts one, two, and three. This one has five, six, seven of them. There's a little smaller ones, but let's jump into it. And then no specific order. So number one, something I wish I knew earlier in my mortgage career was don't be defined by your volume. And so what I mean by that is all too often in this industry, it is talked about, hey, what's your volumes? What you doing? And you feel like all of a sudden you're, you get sweaty and your throat clamps up and you're like, ah, I'm on pace for, <laughs> right? I'm having a good year. I'm on pace for 20 million this year. Cool, cool. All right, we're three months in. Good for you, I guess. So you're prorating that. Okay, last 12 months. Wait, like it, it doesn't matter is what kind of what I'm saying. I would always feel bad that I wasn't doing enough volume. And then I go to like, trade shows or I go to something and someone like that guy does 50 million, that guy does 40 million, does a hundred. And I'm like, oh my God, like how do they do that? And I'm here to tell you that stuff early, early on, I was like, oh my God. Once I started to understand the dynamic more and get to see these people more on a daily basis and understand what makes them tick, I didn't want the trade-off. If I ask you, how are you doing? And you tell me, hey, I did 50 million. I don't care. You know why I don't care? I don't know what the trade-off was for you to get there. I don't know what you sacrificed. I don't know how good your health is. Like, are you working out? Are you eating well? Are you going to be around to spend the money you're making? I don't know the type of relationship you have with your spouse, your friends, your kids. Are you present when you're with your family? Are you there and listening and contributing? Or are you always thinking about a condition of financing? Are you always thinking about the next deal and you need to get back someone? And there's always something. There's always going to be something. Always. So I'm never impressed when someone tells their volumes because I don't know what it took for them to get there. I don't know the sacrifices they made. I don't know the trade-offs. There's always trade-offs in life. That doesn't impress me. If I ask you, how's your business? You go, hey, you know what? Making a good living. I'm happy. I wake up. I want to get out of bed. Geez, I go to the gym a bunch a week. I go on bike rides. I spend time with my kids. I go to every practice. I'm present for my spouse. Like I'm, I'm just in a good spot. I'm like, oh my God, good for you. That's amazing. I don't even care what you're, but you're just like, whatever. We can make unlimited money in this business. 100% commission. Make unlimited money. But at what cost? Right? So we all have that balance. It's the beauty of our industry. That work-life balance, a lot, not a lot of us have. Right? I decided to build a lifestyle mortgage company where I'm going to work my lifestyle first and, and weave the mortgage business around it. That's a win. Okay? That's why I was winning. Okay? So I want to share that. Don't be defined by your volume. Okay? Number two, what did I wish I knew early in my career? Well, not to cross market with anyone. So referral partners have a handy way, especially realtors, a handy way of going, hey, great, I want to cross promote. I want to cross promote with you and let's do this. We'll get in this newsletter and you'll have this little spot here and we'll be in the dentist office and we'll be in the hockey rink and we'll do it together. And they're basically just looking for someone to split the cost with so they can get their face out there. It has nothing to do about you. And that type of marketing does not work. We are not realtors. 
We are not building that brand. If I'm a realtor, I'm not doing that either. There's no ROI. I can go build a YouTube channel, make a video, and people can see it four years later. But unless I keep paying to be on a bus bench, it doesn't matter. There's no call to action. How do I get them from seeing the bus bench into my email list? There's no way to connect that for me to track my money's being spent well. So absolutely do not. I've said no to absolutely every single referral partner who's brought it up to me. Has it ruined a relationship here or there? Yeah, absolutely. But that just showed me they weren't my people. They were not my people. Okay, so there you go. That was number two. Number three, no specific order. Align myself with referral partners with my value add being, hey, I'm going to help get you business. I'm going, And this is something I did. I'm going to help either call your clients for you or I'm going to set up some marketing thing and we'll co-brand things. Same as I talked about the last point, but leads will come in and then we'll share them. And we'll, it's like any realtor referral partner that needs you to help build their business tells me they're A, either not good at what they do or B, they're not the type of people I want to work with because they don't have their shit together. They don't have a business that's running and they're not a good business owner and committed to it. And they're relying on me who they barely know to help them get business. We got a problem. Right? If you want me to door knock with you, we got a problem. If you want me to handle marketing with you and help you get leads, we have a problem. <laughs> You're not my people. I did this. I made the mistake early. I got in myself into a jam with a bunch of people trying to help them all build their business and hoping I'd be along for the ride and I'd be their guy. And it never, ever, 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 ever worked out. So please don't do that. That's number three, I think. Number four, no specific order. What I wish I learned earlier in my mortgage career was you do not need a website or business cards. Now, let me correct that. You need a website, but you can use the same one that is given to you from your brokerage that a thousand other mortgage brokers have because it does not matter. It does not matter. You can have a very dialed in social media account and that matters way more. You know what even matters even more than that? A Google Places account with reviews that's optimized for Google, that's going to rank on Google quicker than your website. Like no one does SEO anymore. Those who are, that's kind of dead. Those who are doing it, spend a lot of time and money doing it. You're never going to rank on a search. I would never push people to a website. I can't remember the last website I went on to read something about someone. If it's their social media and they push me to something and I can go check out their day to day and I can check out how they interact with people and I can see them on videos, I'm interested in that, but not sending me to a plain website with a bunch of random stuff on it about stuff I know you didn't do. And business cards, I think we're past that, right? I just don't think we need business cards anymore. So please, if you're starting out, like, like I'm dating myself here because business cards were a big thing. I never had business cards back then. Instead, I would just get their contact info and follow up with an email and then schedule another time to meet. That's what I did, okay? But I, a lot of us spend too much time getting everything perfect, our email signature perfect, our website perfect, our business card perfect, the colors, the fonts, the logos, our logo is perfect. Like, just get it done and then get on with it. Get a timer because no one's coming to work with you because your website's awesome. It doesn't work that way. Social media awesome, different story. Google review awesome, different story. Tracking your reviews, yeah, you can run businesses off of that, 100%. Okay, the next thing I wish I knew earlier in my career was to act the same with all clients. So I would get people on a phone call and you could be someone making 150,000 or a CEO making 250, 300. And I would treat and talk to you different than I would if you were someone making 50,000 for whatever you're doing for a living. You could have been a little more blue collar and versus white collar and different in household income. And I would talk different to everybody. And I found it hard after a while 
I felt I was being inauthentic because I'm not that, you know, polished person that's going to go talk the way that they want. And so I just said, I'm going to start treating everybody the same because I didn't like going on to certain phone calls because I feel like I had to be somebody I wasn't. So instead I went on and I'd swear a little here and there, a little bit, test the temperature, like not drop F-bombs, but you know, I'm just going to cover your ass and be in your corner, right? People like to hear that. If you don't, I'm not your guy. If that offends you, I'm sorry. I'm not, but we just carry on. You go your way, I go my way. So it acts as a filter too, and you act like you do. You're going to have more raving fans. You're not going to sit on the fence as much. You're going to be more polarizing with your opinions on things. You're going to give people your opinion on why you think the variable is a far superior product than the fixed rate. You're going to back it up. And if they still want to go fix, you go, great. I'm going to help you get the best fixed rate mortgage. But you're not just going to go, I don't know. What do you think? Here's what you should do. But I don't know. What do you think? Like, no, give them an opinion. That's what people pay for. That's why people use you because they want your opinion on something, your professional opinion, but they want you to back it up, right? So if I'm talking different to everybody, it's hard to keep track of how I talk to them. So instead, it's like, hey, peace out. You know how many times I've had partners in law firms on a call and we get off and I just got introduced them to a referral partner. I'm like, all right, thanks, Tom. Peace out, man. We'll uh, follow up that email about those documents we need. You know, Thanks for chatting. He's like, yeah, yeah, cool, cool. All right. Huh. It's like everyone lets their guard down. He's like, oh, that guy's real. Like it or love it, he's real. But I can tell from my call with him, he knows his shit. He knows what he's talking about. So, okay, yeah, I want that. I want that in my corner, right? Or do you want an order taker? Someone's just going to take orders from you, even though they're the professional, and talk to you, even though you know it's kind of not how they talk and not the person they are. But they're going to talk to you because they feel like that's how you want to be talked to. Like, no, no, no. So that was a big one. That was a big one for me. That just made it a lot easier for me to understand who I was as a person. And if you've listened to these podcasts and you've listened to my other one, The 12-Hour Broker, you know it kind of is what it is. I talk the way all the time. doesn't matter who you are. You could be my kid's teacher. You could be the doctor. You could be a big, big client. You could be my neighbor. I'm going to talk to you the same. That's how I talk. It makes it a lot easier for me to be comfortable in my own skin. Okay, so that was a big thing I learned early on in my mortgage career. So last thing I learned early in my mortgage career was, and I referenced this on an earlier one, in order for me to stand out early, early on, I got away from this after a while because I just, it wasn't sustainable. But to stand out early, early on, my value add was communication. Captain communication, I call myself. No one was going to have better communication than me. Get an email, boom, I'm going to get back to you within an hour, guaranteed without a doubt. You call, I'm going to answer. If not, I'm going to call you back. And I'm going to call you back. And then we send you an email. And so I didn't want people to sit there knowing, hey, where's my file at? What's going on? Every day you get an update. Every day I'd be telling you something. Like it or love it. Most people loved it. It's not sustainable forever. You can have certain pieces of that weaved into your process, which is great. But it was an early on thing to wow people, to make my referral partners look great, to wow my referral partners. And they called to chat about a deal. Boom. Eight o'clock at night. Hey, hey, Tom, what's going on? Yeah, that's cool. Let's talk it through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we can do that. It was down payment. Do you know? Okay, that's okay. Cool. You don't need to know. Introduce me through email. Tell them to introduce tonight. I'll even jump on a call tonight. If you guys are putting an offer in tomorrow, let's do it. Like, that's what I did. And you might be like, gross, Ryan. That's gross. Yeah, absolutely. But that was the commitment I made. That's what made me feel better about myself, more confidence in me that I could stand out. I couldn't compete in my head with brokers doing 30, 40, 50, 100 million. 10, 15 years in the biz, I was like, ah, no. But I will have better communication than them. Or 
they won't have better communication than me. You might have the same, but I can level up on that, right? I can be the best at that. So that was my mentality. Kind of like no one will outwork you, right? If you're on a sport team, my kid had a soccer and he does a lot of competitive soccer and he's got a coach and his coach was being introduced. He's being introduced by the main coach. And this coach and this player, who's now my kid's coach, was apparently not the most talented. He made it very, very far in highly competitive soccer. And he wasn't the fastest, but he knew how to find space. He could be in space in every game, in every position. He never put himself in a bad position. He was the hardest worker. He's like, we can't coach that. Working as hard as people, like no one worked harder than him. First one there, last one to leave. No one worked harder. You can't take that away. He wasn't the most talented, but no one's going to outwork me. If you have that mentality, it doesn't matter what you're doing, you will win. You will freaking win. Okay. So there you go. So that's it. That concludes our things I wish I knew early in my mortgage career. I have another list. We'll go through that another day, another time. That's part four of four. Thank you for sticking with me and listening to this. Hopefully you enjoyed that and you got some things from it. If you want to check out what I'm doing, please go to ryanwiley.ca. That's Ryan, W-I-L-E-Y.ca. I've got a link tree in there. You can just go check out kind of everything I'm doing on YouTube and we'll be launching that shortly. And so I encourage you to go check it out. And there you go. That's it, kids. Okay, I appreciate your time and hopefully we'll see you on the inside. Peace out. This is an I Love Mortgage Brokering production.